You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What is up, Goat Flippers? It's your host, Lurk. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Lamb Goat Van Flip podcast. Visit lambgoat.com for everything hardcore and metal music related. Follow Lamb Goat on social media. Give us a like on Facebook and make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at Lamb Goat. Head over to our YouTube page and you can find all of these podcasts in video format plus other Lamb Goat bonus content. Make sure you subscribe and hit that alert bell so you're always notified when we release new episodes and or content. And if you're using Spotify right now, you can go ahead and search Lamb Goat and find our monthly playlist on there. If you are listening to us on a platform that you can either rate or review us, please do so and give us the highest rating. It helps us out. If you can follow us or subscribe, that also helps us out with the algorithms, so do so. And if you enjoyed this content, don't forget to tell your friends that you checked out the Lamb Goat podcast. And if you want to follow me, the host Lurk, on social media, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at LurkCity. That's L-U-R-K-C-I-T-Y. Now, when you put this podcast on today, I bet you didn't think we'd be talking to somebody from the state of South Dakota. Actually, when you hear South Dakota, not much probably comes to mind. However, since 2015, Jeremy started a band called Earth Groans, and they have done a lot since then, and they're signed to Solid State. And they actually had um, both of their EPs come out in 2020, and they actually were my favorite releases, or some of my favorite releases for 2020. The Prettiest of Things was one of them, and then Waste, which was my favorite of the two. Uh, they're definitely good EPs. You definitely should check them out if you're into like early 2000s metalcore. And also, the band covered the Deftones, and that's hard to pull off. So, you know, kudos to them. Anyway, let's get it rolling with Jeremy of Earthworm. Oh, yeah, what's this? I feel this. Oh, yeah, this is stuff. Uh... Oh, no. <laughs> Lamb Goat presents the Van Flip Podcast. What is up? Welcome back to the show. Today I am joined with Jeremy Schaefer of one of my current favorite bands, actually, to be honest with you. Earth That's Rose. a lie. I don't even no. believe that for a second, I but I appreciate you. it. <laughs> I promise you, Jeremy. Dude, what's up? Rose. Hi. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show, man. How 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 are things? Dude, things are great. Um, well, they're good. Yeah, yeah, they're good. I uh, <laughs> considering you know where we're at in the career, but I feel like um, things are looking up. I'm optimistic that things are going to be coming back this year. So, dude, things are looking up. We'll just say that. Yep. It is. I think for you guys, it would it will be uh, as things let yeah. up and you guys are allowed out. Um, but yeah. I, you know, people listening in may not know you, but they may have heard you recently. Uh, you guys just released a cover song of the Deftones' um, "Push It uh, My Own Summer," and yes, uh, yep. you also shove it actually shove it, shove it not, not push, push it. it. I was thinking Wayne. You're thinking of you're thinking of Static X. Yep. <laughs> I'm always going to screw something up early in the podcast. Dude, it's all it's all good. There's a lot of names out there. Um, I actually, real fun fact, I was like thinking about doing a Static X cover, so I thought that would have been fun. That that song "Push It" would have been like a lot of fun to do, but that um, they weren't quite as big of uh, influence, I guess. But I just thought it'd been a fun song to do. Interesting. Well, you guys also last year released two EPs. Yes. Yeah, we've been pretty busy. Um, it's yeah, so far we have released 11 songs and have played zero shows <laughs> in the last year. <laughs> Super messed up. But hey, you got to just keep on, you got to keep on keeping on. That's what they say. Joe Dirt would say, keep yep. it on. yeah, that's what Joe Dirt Dude, would yeah. <clears throat> and he is, he's my all time idol. So, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of, you, he, he has sideburns, you got the stash. Dude, yeah. I mean, it's close enough. I, I used to have a wicked mullet, too, for a lot of years. 
not quite as badass as Joe Dirt's, but Mo Dirt. You can, I was you can I was a Mo big Dirt. I was a big MacGyver fan growing up. Yeah. <laughs> so, what inspired the mustache to begin with? <laughs> so I don't and know. What, what, it, and what it was, led to it was like, totally the a tour Sam thing. thing? What what led? Because I mean, like obviously you start out like regular mustache, right? Actually, I so the mustache came first, and I grew out of the mustache like a seed. Right, so mustache right. was a seed, and then I grew out of it. Um, but it was totally a tour thing. Uh, my bandmates were uh, they just kept saying, "Dude, you should grow a mustache for this tour." And I don't know why exactly. I guess just because like my mustache would just naturally come in. I wouldn't grow facial hair anywhere else except for my mustache. So, so they just kept pushing me, like, "Dude, just let it go." And I was like, no, I don't want to be like a creeper. I want to like be taken serious and everything. And uh, finally, I was like, all right, I'm going to go for it. And if I'm going to do a mustache, I'm going to freaking do a mustache. So I started growing it out for like probably two months. And everybody was like, dude, you actually look really good with a mustache. (laughs) I was like, okay, cool. So I'm going to go for it. So that's how it started. Honestly, it was like probably year two of earth grown. So if you go way back to early, early earth Grounds, you will see Jeremy without a mustache and you will realize that he looks more like a creeper without a mustache than he does with a mustache. <laughs> well, once you see someone with facial hair, when you see him without facial hair, it definitely yeah. is alerting. I, I at one point yes. had like a duck dynasty style beard myself. Nice. And, uh, one day, you know, <clears throat> I used to think about shaving it off every day. You know, because it just mm-hmm. becomes like this thing, but you also like it. It's a love hate relationship with with something right. like that, which I'm sure you kind of oh yes can agree to. The only t- actually the only time I hate it is when I'm eating because then it's like all up in your business. Right, you're biting on your. your I, I yeah. remember when I I stopped growing my mustache out when I grew a beard because of it would interrupt. It would like get in my mouth and it would just yeah. hurt. You know what I mean? You'd pull your hair and it yeah. just hurt. So I started shaving my mustache and said, screw it. Yeah. But um, yeah, <clears throat> I just one day just shaved it off and it was completely different and I never went back. Huh. Right nice. on. On to bigger, better things, I guess. Yeah. That's how I got this gig. So anyway, <laughs> what led to releasing the, the two EPs separately and not as a complete album? Sure. Um, well. Was it like a marketing uh, so- thing? I mean, part of our thing, uh, if you go back and look at Earthgrounds, everything that we've done has always been EPs. Uh, so that was kind of something that we came um, right out of the gate with. We're like, we want to be an EP band. We want to release an EP every single year. Um, because, uh, I mean, times are changing. It's something different. Um, you are able to um, be, I guess... You know, it it almost gets to the point where you're not necessarily, it's not just about having music, but it's about being how relevant you are, you know? So it was kind of a strategy just to, um, I guess, be more present and relevant within the scene, uh, give our fans new material more often. Uh, Not to mention, it can be kind of hard to listen to a full-length record, Um, especially like in this day and age, I feel like people's attention spans are shorter. Um, and I don't know, we just wanted to, I guess, pick, instead of having maybe five good songs and five filler songs, we just like, we're going to pick, we're going to write like eight songs and or whatever and pick the five best, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, content over quality, or quality over content. Sorry, I said that backwards. Um, but anyway, so uh, then when we, when we started writing these two records, we're like, well, what if we told the story with two records? Um, so that was kind of the whole thing is uh, we wanted to have, um, you know, like uh, a light, dark, you know, yin yang uh, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty much what we wrote. So Prettiest of Things is lighter and brighter and uh, prettier, more melodic, I guess, if you can say that about our music. Um, whereas Waste is uh, darker, uh, heavier, grittier. And um, even the lyrical content is a lot about a lot of darker things as opposed to what Prettiest of Things is. So just a, a kind of an artsy way, I guess, to tell a story. Um, and then, yeah, so that's pretty much where we landed. And we going forward after that, we we're like, well, we, we had one contract left or excuse me, one uh, record left of our contract with Salt State. And then, of course, with uh, the way COVID 
is we could either do uh, two EPs or one full length. Um, and we we're going to end with a full length. And But the way COVID hit and is leaving the industry, we're like, well, let's just do two more EPs and, and call it good instead of uh, waiting two years to release, release another uh, full length. So, yeah, so that's pretty much how that all went down. Cool. Was it written, it's cool. It's been fun. Yeah. Was it written all at one time or did you write one EP and then write another EP? Um, I would say it was written at two different times because I wanted to be in two different kind of mindsets. Um, like musically and lyrically, it was written at two different times. Interesting. And what is the story that you're telling between the, the two EPs? Or do you want sure. to leave that uh, up for interpretation to the listener? Yep. Um, so each song has uh, a little bit different thing. Um, but prettiest of things is it's talking about a lot of the lighter things and uh, the, th- the things that we can find beauty on uh, while we're here on this planet in this life. Things that, uh, I guess, keep us here as opposed to um, waste, which is talking about some of the harder things that we go through. Uh, for instance, um, and a lot of, the, uh, a lot of the, the songs are kind of oxymorons of each other. Uh, so, for instance, um, one, on Prettiest of Things, there's a song that talks about uh, true love um, and, a, and a relationship and how the beauty that's there. And then um, on Waste, there's actually one of the songs that I talk about uh, the divorce that I went through. So it's kind of the opposites um, in nature. Um, and on Prettiest of Things, there's a song that's all about just finding beauty um, uh, within us and on here on earth. And then on uh, Waste, there's a song that is uh, about self-harm and, de- and depression and suicide. Um, so just finding, I guess, yeah, so that's kind of the thing is like we have a short amount of time that we're given here um, and we need to make the best of it uh, while we can um, and just find the beauty in the things around us. And um, so, yeah, I don't know. Silver linings and such. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I really noticed about your band when I started listening to it was how much it reminded me of, uh, an earlier time period in metalcore. Yes. Yep. Definitely. And, um, that's one of the cool things about the band. It is a newer version of that, you know? Sure. Yeah. But it definitely, uh, has nuances of that and, uh, it makes it very enjoyable. But like I've said many times on this podcast, I am a sucker for uh, the dissonant chaos chord or whatever you want to call it. Squiggly. Awesome. So I (laughs) wiggly woos. Yeah. I love those. So, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, I love this. Yeah. I mean, that's, I guess that's kind of, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that was kind of like, uh, when I was starting this band, I was like, that's what I want it to be is I want it to be like the, my early roots growing up. Um, because I grew up listening to Norma Jean Chariot, a lot of the early solid state, uh, bands, and then, um, but then I wanted to pull um, also a lot of influence from a modern or put a modern heavy spin on it. So that's cool. How was it like growing up, one listening to those, you know, that uh, solid state bands, and then becoming a solid state band? <laughs> a dream come true, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we used to joke uh, the early uh, Earthgrounds days. We used to joke in the van driving the to shows. Yeah. When we're on, when we're on solid state, you know, that used to be a common joke that we would say. And then it actually happened. Now it's like so wild and weird. I mean, obviously we're still like a small band on the label, but it's still like just to be a part of uh, this family with uh, so many of my greatest inspirations uh, growing up is just, it's just honestly a dream come true. It's very inspiring and uh, it's very cool. Um, how did it all work out? Did you guys submit stuff to them or did they seek you guys out or? Sure. Um, so it was really weird. Uh, we sent them, uh, a press packet, um, before we left for one of our tours and just kind of on a whim, like planting, I guess, a bug for future, like, so that maybe they hadn't heard of us, but now that they get this, they get the pack and they're like, Oh, there's this band called earth groans. They might like, they take this seriously. Maybe we'll just check them out. So that was kind of the hopes that they would check us out, see that we're busy touring. Um, maybe like further on down years down the road, they would, uh, we'd be able to sign a deal. But, uh, the day that they got 
the packet in, they emailed us and said, hey, we've actually been watching you guys for a while. Um, let's get on the phone and talk. So it was a cool, uh, like, they were already watching us and we were just, like, sending it out there. And so it was, like, kind of a cool mutual thing, which was uh, really awesome. So Yeah. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, but the band is from South Dakota? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm... I'm from South Dakota and this is where we meet. And then nobody actually lives in the same state. So <laughs> another one but, of these um, bands, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It seems like but you a- got to say, you got to say you're from somewhere and nobody's from South Dakota. I mean, no bands are from South Dakota. So, Hey, <laughs> it is definitely uh, rare and uh, it definitely stands yes. out. So again, with a good marketing, but um, yeah, I, it seems to be a, an ongoing theme where a lot of bands aren't, residing in the same area you know what i mean a lot of yeah. a lot of stuff is happening over the internet or you know when yeah. we're meeting up yeah it's awesome i mean honestly like the way technology is it's truly incredible because uh you know 10 years ago 15 years ago bands would not be able to really be able to do it the way that we're doing it now so it does allow for um more options when it comes to that but it's also harder on the opposite side less i feel like less people are dedicated to trying to make a career out of music which um i mean i understand that definitely but so it seems like it's harder to find dedicated members which is why i feel like bands are oftentimes spread out it's because it's hard to find members that all have the same goal and mindset within you know a small area yeah i was gonna ask like uh because you because south dakota is you know population wise less dense than most (laughs) states um, yeah. How is the scene there in Bismarck? Um, it's, uh, it's small. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's loyal and it, it actually is, there actually is a really good, uh, metal scene here. Um, but it's, it's definitely on the smaller side of things, but we also get very few tours that come through here. So when shows do happen, it seems like people get pretty stoked and, you know, it's a less oversaturated market as compared to like, you know, say Denver, you know, Denver has, um, you know, probably like five shows a night that people can choose, pick and choose, uh, you know, what shows they want to go to. And here, South Dakota, you get like one show, two, three, maybe shows a month. So like you get a lot more stoked when there's a show that's happening. For so sure. people are more, more likely to come out. And you were previously in a, in a, a couple bands prior to Earth Grows, correct? Yeah, some really terrible ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last band I was in uh, wasn't, uh, we weren't terrible. Um, that was the only band I was in that wasn't terrible, though. <laughs> yeah, just the, just Metalcore. Uh, that was like the early, um, early Veil of Maya uh, um, and like Devil Wears Prada, melodic Metalcore. Okay, cool. But we were a little more on the, I guess, techie progressive side, which I was always into a little, uh, the odd time signatures and stuff like that. Awesome. Um, and speaking of like not being able to find members, how did the band get, get together in the, you know, in the beginning? Cause you guys are relatively yep. a new band in general. Sure. Um, I, so I'd been in the, uh, the industry for a long time. I own a recording studio here in South Dakota. So my, normal job my real job is uh recording bands and um i had been touring for years and just through the years of i guess networking and recording bands and everything i had met these guys and actually uh brady and zach uh were in a one of the bands i i had recorded uh in the past and um i had known that they were passionate about touring and that was something that they always wanted to do and but in the band that they were in, they weren't really able to do that. Um, so I kind of reached out to them. I was like, "Hey, like I am starting this band. Um, if you guys like are interested, actually, sorry. What had happened was I had uh, posted about something like really. I was trying to be all like mysterious and online, and I was like thinking about taking this to the next level or something <laughs> stupid like that." <laughs> And um, Zach knew exactly what I was talking about because um, we had talked uh, about this project that I was writing. Um, and so he he messaged me right away and he was like, dude, let me play in your band. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, well, aren't you like going to college? Like, uh, like that's not going to work. 
he's like, dude, I'm quitting college so that I can tour. Um, and then Brady caught wind of it too. And they were both on board. Uh, so that's kind of how things got started. Uh, and then we just met Caden through, uh, somebody else, uh, just from that we had known within the industry. Cool. Admittedly, I knew that story cause I listened to Zach's podcast and you were on. Oh, right on. <laughs> so, nice. uh, he hasn't done that in the, in the last couple months. No. So things have changed up, um, for him and his life. I mean, so he's actually not in the band anymore. Oh. Um, and either is Caden. They both actually quit. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this is right around COVID time. Uh, so, and we haven't been like out there, uh, touring since. So nobody's really known that. Um, but yeah, so the, every, really things have changed just in general, but so Zach is doing, he's, he got like a real job doing, uh, like, uh, working for a company and doing tutorials and stuff like that for camera and stuff like that. Cool. Um, so I think he kind of gave up on, uh, the podcast thing cause he was, I guess, more focused on, uh, working for a real company and stuff like that. Interesting. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you guys were doing a little episode out back of the house there on tour. What tour were you guys oh, yep. on? Uh, that's a good question. I don't remember what tour that was. Um, I think it was O Sleeper. O Sleeper tour, maybe? Okay, cool. Or maybe a conviction tour? Or... I don't know. It's been so long. I can't remember. <laughs> so how did you get into recording? I'm assuming you're at your studio now with that backdrop. I am. Yep. Uh, so this is um, my studio. I built so 11, 12 years ago, I, I bought an apartment complex right out of college um, and converted uh, a large section of it into my studio. Uh, oh, worked cool. out really well. Um, got out of college, came back and was trying to figure out where I wanted to move to uh, to, pers- to further uh, pursue recording because I had actually been recording since I was in high school. I got super obsessed with it when I was like maybe a sophomore or junior in high school. Um, and, uh, yeah, I went to college for it just, uh, I got at a tech school at a two year degree. Um, and I was recording bands in my brother's house. He just like had this, this little purple bedroom <laughs> set up. It was like, I was recording these death metal bands in this like <laughs> tiny little feminine purple room. Um, but it was great. Uh, and yeah, I was obsessed with it. I loved it. Um, so out of college, I, I came back here and I was just working a part-time job and I was touring in a different, one of my previous bands before, and then recording bands out of my brother's house, trying to figure out where I wanted to go. And, uh, my boss at the time had told me about this place being on the market um, and I was like, no, I don't want to live here. I got to move away. I need to get away from here. Um, but this was after the housing market had crashed. So properties were going dirt cheap. And finally, my boss talked me into checking it out at least. So, uh, the guy brought me here. I looked it over and I was like, wow, actually, this is a lot of space and it's, um, would be perfect to gut and like set up for what I want it to be. Uh, so that's pretty much what I did. Uh, cause I, uh, I got it for like $20,000 and it was, um, a ton of space and I converted a section. Um, I have a band suite set up, uh, for out of, out of state bands when they come to record so they can wake up, roll over and walk into the studio and we can, can roll. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been like a great, uh, a great scenario for me. Um, I won't live here forever. Um, but it's great for the time being while I'm touring, I can, um, I have the place paid off, uh, so I can go on tour and live off of nothing for a month at a time and still come home and have a job. So, yeah. And it's good at that point because, you know, even though you are a signed band, I'm sure at that level, um, checks aren't rolling in at every level. (laughs) Yeah. Just cause you're a signed band doesn't mean you make money. So unfortunately, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's the case we're playing metal. So the, the, um, the opportunity to ever have um, our only job being music is pretty, pretty minimal. Mm. Um, but it's okay. I mean, it's a pa- that's kind of, it's a passion. You know, I, if I wanted to make money, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be in the music industry. So. Right, right. And for that, you know, some bands do end up doing that for a long period of time and making it a thing. Mm-hmm. So don't cut yourself so short yet, Jeremy. Sure. I, I don't plan. I have nothing better to do, honestly. So <laughs> that's cool. So where you, 
it was your idea to start the band. Like, where did the idea to get for your guys' sound and what, what influences the sound? Sure. Um, well, I, so after my last band had broke up and like I said earlier, that was like a progressive metal, melodic metalcore band. Um, and I was just doing studio full time for, I think three years. Um, but that's the longest I had been without playing music for a long time. And I, I guess I started getting the itch again. And I was like, you know, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna write a project just for myself, uh, a little solo project. And uh, I was like, I want to just write something that I've always wanted to play, something I've always wanted to write, and that's like the stuff that I grew up on. Um, you know, finding that that uh, dissonant, chaotic, um, hardcore sound. So, was taking the influences from what I grew up on, um, and then, like I said, bringing in, uh, I guess, more of a modern, uh, heavy sound. Uh, so yeah, again, a lot of the bands, um, that a lot of the early solid state bands, um, under oath, Norm Jean, Chariot, even Zayo, Zayo was my first, uh, my first hard band. Um, it went from, it was very, very weird that I, Zayo was my first heavy band that like won me over to, to metal, but, um, that's, we don't sound anything like Zale. <laughs> how, does um, one, how does one in Bismarck, North uh, South Dakota, get a hold of some Zale music back in the day? Dude, I actually don't. Um, it was really weird. I was at like some like camp or something, and somebody was talking about uh, was talking about metal bands, and I don't even remember what I listened to at that time. I was I was young. I was probably ten or eleven. Um, so this I was probably still listening to, like Backstreet Boys back then um but the, i remember hearing these guys talk about zeo and like describing like what the music was like and the screaming and everything and uh so i went home and this is back like when you could look up music on windows media player or whatever the heck it was and i found this and i there was something about it that intrigued me and i just got it like at first i was like wow what the what is this because i had never heard anything like that before and I, I grew up in a very conservative home. Um, and I I did, uh, my oldest brother listened to a lot of Metallica. So I, I did grow up listening to like Metallica and stuff like that. Um, but when I when I heard Zayo, it was, it was just something very intriguing to me. So I don't know, I started listening to it. And before I knew it, I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then I went to uh, go to festivals every summer. There was a festival in Minnesota. Uh, called Sunshine Festival, and they had an HM stage, and that was uh, the hard music stage or whatever. And so I'd go just hang out there all day, and it was a lot of uh, the early Solid State and Face Down bands would play. Uh, that's where I first uh, seen the Agony scene. Cool. Um, and so I remember even thinking then, I was like, man, I really I really like the, the music, but the, the screaming wasn't... It took a little bit, I guess. Like, I didn't hate it, but I also was not sure about it. And then before I knew it, I was obsessed with it. And uh, so, Interesting. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, very weird. Yeah, that's a weird way to get into it, especially um, having to remember the entire time you're at camp and then coming home and looking it up. Right. And were you listening to like the full song on the on the Windows Media Player? Or did you like, I don't remember if it like would let you hear the full song or not. You could, um, there was a way to download it and it was such terrible, terrible quality. I remember just like listening to it in my car. It almost hurt my ears. I don't remember if it was like, it was kind of like a Napster kind of situation where there was some, some program where you could download, um, like one song or something from an artist or something. I don't remember how that worked, but I would make these mixtapes and they sounded God awful because of the quality was so low, but it was the, the only way that I could obtain this music. So nice maybe i bought it i don't remember i feel like i don't yeah i don't i'm not sure but either way i just remember it being really terrible quality well if you bought it then you got ripped off with the terrible quality <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure um so what what you were saying like you were maybe trying to cover some other songs like uh, the wayne static song what made you decide <laughs> to choose the deftones and what made you decide to choose shove it sure um well Deftones is one of those bands uh, that I did always enjoy. And I grew up uh, listening to the radio a lot. 
And Deftones was a band that they played on the radio station around here um, a lot. And they were, there was just always something about that band that I always, uh, that always inspired me a lot about the way, like they were, they were kind of like Slipknot in that way that they were like one of the only heavy bands in the mainstream. Uh, but I didn't really like uh, Slipknot growing up that much, but I did like Deftones a lot. Um, so I guess just, and the older I got, like, like the last 10 years, I listened to so much Deftones and, um, I've even like just, it's weird because our style is nothing like Deftones, but kind of the core elements I feel like are still kind of there. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know. They've always just been a really big inspiration, I guess, to me musically. And, uh, so I was like, well, I want to write, I want to, if I'm going to cover a song, I'd like to cover like a band that I grew up listening to a band that's always, uh, inspired me, you know, and I, I wasn't going to cover like one of the bands like Zayo because it wouldn't sound that much different, right? you know? So I wanted to do a, a, I wanted to cover a song that would have, would have been something that like, it's still like within, you know, the harder genre, but you know, it's got, we can actually change it up to make it something totally different at the same time. Um, and then just that song, because that was like, that's one of their first songs that I think that song is just very iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, interesting. What is so, your, uh... Yeah. And it's a, it's a heavy, it's honestly like, it's a pretty heavy song. Oh, for sure. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And you guys, especially uh... for the time it came out, cause it came out in 96 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like back then that was like, dude, it was like, that's heavy stuff. For, for 96 sure. it's still heavy now too you know what i mean so like it's, right it's, right stands the test of time it's crazy mm-hmm. how often that band comes up on this podcast when you know i'm talking to other bands and stuff it's, yeah i think they're they're huge inspiration for i i've talked to so many bands that like yeah that's they're just a huge inspiration it's just cool because they were doing something that was totally different from what I, other people are doing and they made it uh they made their own uh sound and they're kind of an architects of their own genre in a way. Um, so anytime somebody does something like that big, you know, that can just like pull, um, that can just do whatever they want and make a huge, huge sound for themselves. Like, I think that's, people are always inspired by that. So, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. They're, all, they're also one of my favorite bands and I try not to talk about them as much on here <laughs> because like, like I said, they come up very often. They're so influential, yeah. you know, in so many different ways where, um, so my next question to you would be, what's your favorite Deftones album? Oh, that's hard. Cause they're, there's like, you're lucky. They're one ask, of those band- I asked five, one, six silence to rank them. So, cause it, they, Oh yeah. So you're lucky. I asked you your favorite. I learned. I'm glad you didn't do that because <laughs> that, that would take all night. Um, I'm just going to say, I'm probably gonna say diamond dies. I think, um, that record because uh, I feel like a lot of their records have like four really good songs and then like six like filler songs. <laughs> and I feel like Diamond Dies, I can list front to listen front to back and enjoy it all the way through. Um, I, I don't think there's a bad song on that record. I have to agree with uh, what you're saying. Uh, I definitely got pulled back into being a Deftones fan when that album came out uh, because mm-hmm. um, I mean, I, I'm. I listened to them in the early stages, White Pony, uh, and then mm-hmm. the, the one after White Pony. But then, like, Saturday Night Risk came out, and I was kind of, like, drifting away from them. Sure. And then I kind of didn't pay attention until Diamond Eyes came out. <clears throat> and ever since then, mm-hmm. it's been, like, you know, nonstop. Yep. But I agree. That, that's my favorite record, too. I really like Gore that just came out, too. So I, I foresee yep. that one. Gore being, is good. I foresee that one being one of my favorites, too, but. I like the back end of the Deftones more than the front end, even though the front end is a lot heavier and um, it's still awesome. They they don't make a bad record. That's I'm just gonna say that. Right. But um, yeah, I like their grooviness and the, like the sexiness of their sound that they have. You know, they've yeah. made over the years. And um, are you familiar with Loathe? Yes. Yep. That's yeah. When I heard Loathe, I was uh, that was actually. I'm relatively newer to Loathe, um, but yeah, they're definitely they're definitely like chasing that like Deftones vibe. But they do it in such a um, a little more uh, a more modern way. Right, right, right. But it's 
but it's really, really good. Um, and I remember listening, I don't remember which low song it is. It's, it's their, the really heavy one that has a lot of, um, that has a lot of the octave pedal stuff. Right. And I just remember listening to that song. I'm like, man, how did they write this song? It's so, it's very, very, very unique. And, uh, very good. Yeah, that's all. That's all I, I'm trying to say. I think the same thing. But, I, I, when I heard that, I, I know what you're. I know what song you're talking about. Um, and when when I heard it, I was thinking, like, how how do you write this? You just you must just be like sitting at a computer, just messing around for hours and hours and stuff like that. But how do you guys write as a band? Do you guys do you make most of the ideas, and then like everyone else kind of chimes in, or do you guys as a collective share ideas? Sure. Um. So I I write. Uh, majority of everything. Um, like I said earlier, it started as a solo project of mine, so it was kind of like I guess my brainchild. Mm-hmm. Um, so you still, so, you still, you still follow that path, even well, I guess because you have new members now too. So yeah, yep. Um, so yeah, that's kind of been uh, a common theme. Is uh, I'll and I like it's kind of my job to make music, you know, here in the studio and stuff, be a, a producer. So um, I. We'll always uh, come up with like creative ideas, I guess. Like the guys will put uh, give me input as we're recording stuff. And Brady still writes; uh, he'll still write some fills and stuff like that. Um, but for for the main whole, yeah, I'm like the main writer, I guess. Cool. Uh, mm-hmm. So what? Um, I guess you guys don't really have much planned other than uh, releasing uh, songs coming up because. Obviously, mm-hmm. we are unsure as to when shows will come off. Even though this podcast may come out a little later, I'm sure shows won't be coming. Sure, won't be going on. Yeah, yet. it's yeah, it's it's at this point we still have no plan other than uh, we are writing a new record right now. Or actually, it's already it's pretty much written. Uh, we are going to be recording um, another EP um, in May, most likely, and then when that'll come out, we have no idea. Probably sometime around. Uh, touring season but that might not be back for you know till October so uh, everything's just up in the air at this point I guess Um, so but yeah we are the only thing that we really have planned is that we're recording this this new EP um, and it will be out sometime this year most likely and then uh, we'll be shooting some music videos and stuff like that but as far as you know touring and all that stuff it's all still up in the air unfortunately unfortunately when you record, yep. when you record, is it just you recording, or do you have uh, the guys come in and record their parts? I also have the guys come in and record uh, their parts. Well, at least Brady uh, for the last record, Waste. Um, Zach and Caden were already had quit by then, so I just recorded the bass and guitar on that one. And most likely, I'll just record the guitar and bass on uh, the next one or this next upcoming one. But Brady still records all his stuff. Mm. Waste is my so. Favorite. Which is my favorite of the two EPs. I just wanted to throw that in there. Awesome. Thank you. Actually, mine too. Um, I I think that that, for some reason, that uh, it just resonated more with me, like the style of writing, maybe, um, I would say. With Prettiest of Things, I do really like that record, but I felt like I was chasing something that wasn't um, necessarily like my style of writing. Because I was writing... Everything I was writing, I was writing uh, more structured, which was kind of the goal. It's like, okay, pretty so things is going to be very, very structured, front to front to back, and we're going to add a little bit more melodic stuff. And um, although I don't, I don't hate that stuff. Like that's great. That's it was fun to write, but that's not like the core of my writing ability, or that's not like what I want to be as um, as a musician. So I think waste. I feel like hit hit home more for me just like my style of writing i guess is all i'm trying to say i get that so i would be remiss to not inquire about the other members quitting is there uh is there a bad backstory to that or is it on a good terms? no no everything is good terms um cool. it's really just uh they just wanted to do something to, i mean so the thing with zach was he'd always um, juggled doing uh, video stuff and doing band stuff and he just wanted to go, uh, he just wanted to do one thing 100% and that was the main thing and then Caden uh, just like, he's like 
he was kind of at a place in his life where he's like not he just kind of felt like he wanted to do something different mm-hmm. and since zach was quitting he's like well if zach is stepping down i think now is a good time for me to step down too cool. um so going forward we'll see how things uh pan out it might just be Earthgrounds just might be kind of like a hired gun situation um or maybe we'll find some new members. I haven't really pursued new members yet just because of the situation that (laughs) the situation of the industry. Um, But either way, we're going to keep, we're just going to keep on rocking, but uh, I wouldn't say there's any bad blood or anything like that. Cool. Were you, uh, were you worried or anything like that? Like, were you thinking that it was the end of earth groans or did you always know you were going to move forward with it? No, I've always, I've known from the beginning that, um, that I was going to keep going. Cause every band I've been in, I mean, being in a band is is a very fragile thing. It's very hard because you have to have four guys, four or five guys all in the same mindset for the same amount of time. You know, the, it's very fragile because one member could be like, you know, I'm going to dip. And then if that person dips, the whole band could die, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I was like, well, I'm going to make a machine that can withstand members losing members stuff like that so um i pretty much i had a majority of the gear already because of my studio i'm like i'm just gonna make it so that um even if we do lose a member it's like we don't lose any of the gear like i already have all the gear i own the van and trailer um so i want this band to be able to i guess last the, the test of time and um so you know if members come and go which it's pretty inevitable for um, that to happen. So I was like, I don't want that to be an issue for why the band would break up. So moving forward, I just want to have all the gear in place um, so that if somebody has a change of heart, they can dip out and we can bring somebody else in. Out. So um, obviously I was not stoked. I mean, um, A, they were good friends of mine. Um, and B, like we had worked, uh, we had done this band as like a well-oiled machine for like five years. Mm-hmm. So it's like having a change up now, it'll just get, it'll be hard to get used to. Um, so I'm not going to say that I won't like miss those guys or anything, um, sure. but yeah, so it, it'll be, it'll be hard going forward, but um, I think it's just, just how it, how it is sometimes. So. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's how the cookie crumbles, they say sometimes, but yes, uh, yep. you got to pick things up and keep going. But you know, the hired gun situation might not be a bad idea. You know, that's a, that's one yeah. way to definitely, you know, run a, a band, a project, an operation, a business. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, it's well thought out that that's, that's, that's good that you've thought that out like that. But, um, so outside of music and recording and, you know, being in the band and music in general, what makes up Jeremy's, you know, day-to-day life? Sure. Well, uh, I mean, honestly, music is a very, very large part of it. The minute I wake up, so the minute I go to bed, there's usually music playing, whether it's me playing music, like actually playing music, or I'm recording music, or I'm mixing music, um, or I'm just like listening for pleasure. Um, but art in general, uh, just creating, uh, I think that's that's just who I am. Uh, I love creating, whether it be music or art. So I do a lot of um, uh, traditional tattoo style art. Um, so I, I paint, uh, I'm very heavily tattooed. So, uh, tattoo culture has, uh, been a really cool, fun thing for me for the last like 15 years or frozen. Damn. Let's see if he comes back. Uh, being a part of the tattoo culture. And, um, I would never, a lot of people ask me if I'd ever be a tattoo artist cause I do a lot of tattoo art mm-hmm. and I, I'm going to say no, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I don't want to deal with people's, uh, fluids and blood and yeah uh, it takes a certain bad, individual that wants to get that yeah bad tramp stamp ideas and stuff like that i'm gonna like have that. to tell you Jamie, uh, so, you, you did break up there for a little bit but we caught a, we caught some of that so forgive me okay. if you sure, already that's said this but what mm-hmm. style of tattoo do you i mean a uh, tattoo painting do you uh go to is it like old school sailor jerry's or is it like yeah know, it's like old school sailor, oh, so sailor like flat, Jerry, like this, tri- american traditional so you is, paint like that's the, uh, the, the style. flash, you know, like the flash sheets and stuff, or is it? Yep. Just- yeah. So that's yeah, that's pretty much what I paint. Um, just like I'll paint, like you know, like just a traditional rose or something like that, you know. And then I'll uh, I sell some of them. I, I keep uh, some of them. I just hang up in my house and stuff. 
Um, but I also enjoy doing like uh, photography and like videography. I don't do a lot of that because I don't have a lot of time for that stuff. Um, but like during COVID, I had a ton of time. And so I was doing like uh, some photography for, for my family and for friends um, just to help pay bills and stuff. But I do enjoy, genuinely do enjoy just being able to create, um, you know, whatever that may be. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool, man. As long as you have outlets and that you're, you know, being able to be creative, yeah. that's a good way mm-hmm. to deal with everyday life stress in general. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. If I, if, if I don't have the opportunity to create, I feel like it does, I kind of fall apart as a human. So it's just a large part of who I am and what I strive to be. How do you deal with just the very cold weather? And just living under snow. I feel like you would just be living under snow like a good chunk of the you know year. Yeah. Well, I built um, a porch on my house so that I didn't ever have to walk outside to get from my house into my studio. Nice. <laughs> so I don't. I during the winter I don't leave. I don't go outside very often, and I don't leave. But um, I hate the cold. Like I'm totally like a lizard. Like I was meant to be in the desert someplace, and someday I hope that I can move to like. I would totally move to like Phoenix, Arizona and just live in the desert. Cause I'm all about that. I was going to ask where your, um, you know, your destination of choice would be if you could, if you could live in one area, where would it be? But yeah, I feel like, I think the Southwest is, um, I've toured the whole U S at this point and I love like every different area. Um, I can find beauty in all of it, but I think the Southwest just because I'm obsessed with heat and the desert. Um, so yeah. I think that's where I'll probably move someday. We got the heat down here, uh, but we also have the humidity. So it's the humidity different. is brutal. Yeah. I, I, every time we go down to the Southeast, like I just don't even try and style my mustache because it's just like, poof, yeah, like turns into this giant, giant ball of fur. So that's I couldn't a, have a mustache if I moved down to Florida. That's, that's sure. another reason why I, cause I also tried, cause when I was growing it out originally, I wanted a longer mustache. Cause you know, you want to, yep. you don't want to date, you want to daydream about like entering some beard mustache competition and like yep. being like placing, you know, that's the point of like yep. growing a real, you know, a beard out. You want it to look good. So yeah, I wanted the whole, like, you know, little mustache fancy stash it would never never happen and that makes you know makes sense that my beard was always frizzy anyway so yeah that's kind of a lame that's why i always itch always itch oh yeah every day you wake up i'm gonna shave it but luckily (laughs) luckily you don't seem to have that problem so no i'm also uh uh, i do compete here in south dakota i am uh two Two year in a row champion of South Dakota mustache category. Well, congratulations, so. Jeremy. I didn't know. <laughs> yep. we were, didn't know we were talking to verified bona fide mustache man. You better believe it, buddy. <laughs> yeah, nice. I got plaques on the wall to prove it. That's amazing. That's Probably amazing. my best accomplishment in life. Here, here to that. I'll, I'll, I'll drink some. I'll drink, <laughs> I'll drink to that as well. Well. We're getting to about that time, man. Um, is there anything else maybe on the, you know, horizon marketing-wise? Oh, oh, there you are. Hello. I, hold on. I got bad. Okay, you're we're back. back. We're back. Just got just got bad, bad reception there for a bit. It was no, mega laggy. But, I'm, but you're back, so can continue. I was the same. It's about that time to wrap it down anyway. Uh, <laughs> okay. My, compu- my computer or my phone was like, nah, dude, we done. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's just about that yep. time anyway. We, we kind of aim for about 45-ish minutes and we're, we're running a little over that. But um, my cool. thing was, you know, is there anything else on the uh, – other than the album, you know, uh, no, because there's nothing going on. You have the album coming out. Uh, nah. There's no touring plans coming on. So well, let's try to end this on a uh, bright note. Is there any uh, – Whatever. Why don't you <laughs> you end it on a bright note with some positive information for the fans? Uh sure. Um, the industry is coming back, baby. Even though, dude, even though those venues have gotten shut down and stuff like that, I I'm fully optimistic that uh, things are going to open up soon. And once they do open up, I think that people are going to buy uh, buy back those venues. And um, I'm I think that the industry is going to have a really great positive surge. 
Um, because people miss the music, they miss the the community that's involved there, and that's a large part of, I guess, what the what I believe the hardcore community is, and what was it was established on, is it's just this great community that people come together and they uh, they get to enjoy music um, and also build relationship and do life together, and I believe that's fully going to come back. Um, so get stoked for that. I mean, I know that, uh, the world is, uh, in a weird place. I know that there's a lot of negativity out there, but I fully believe that things are going to come back and they're going to come back strong. Um, so I think get excited for that. Cause I think it's going to be rad. Yeah, man, that is a great way to look at things. And, um, I think that's the first time I heard, you know, someone thinking that the venues will be bought back, but I agree with you that it will be a, it'll probably be a surge. Uh, for mm-hmm. all entertainment in general, it'll be mm-hmm. crazy. Um, uh, the podcast I or the podcast I recorded right before um, uh, David brought up David from Full of Hell and Jarhead Fertilizer brought up a great point that you know he was saying like I wonder what kind of restrictions will be in place once things do go back and the industry does go back and you know I wonder if that will affect it in some way too going forward, but. Sure. Everyone is definitely wanting I, that to happen. Uh, wanting shows and everything yeah, to come back. Nobody knows until it happens. But um, I feel like once, since the vaccine is going to be in place, there's no reason for there to be restrictions set up. So we're going to hope for that. But either way, I think things are going to be good. So yeah, man. Well, I'd like to be optimistic. I'll be optimistic with you as well. So sweet. Thanks for coming on the podcast, man. I hope you. Thanks stay, for having me, man. I hope you guys stay warm up there, and uh, I hope you keep creating art as well. And I hope you keep creating awesome music. If you, I think everyone should definitely check out both EPs, but uh, waste is my personal favorite. It's uh, one of my favorite albums of 2020 and uh, definitely uh, the Deftones cover is great. It's definitely um, it's like the original, but also not like the original. So it's great in both ways. It's reminiscent, but it's also earth grown style too. So yes. Yep. All right, man. Well, have a great time. Have a great night, and thanks for coming on. Thanks, brother. Good night to you. Well, hey, friends. My name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.